today I get to introduce you to one of my longest friends in the online space. Her name is Molly Kaiser. She was in the photography industry with me and also made a big pivot in her business last year after COVID hit. And we had the most wonderful conversation that went all over the place. We talked about the biggest mindset shifts that we've made since we started our businesses and how we are growing our businesses differently now. We talk about the importance of messaging and how that shapes everything. We talk about focus. We talk about hiring. We get into all sorts of wonderful topics. I know you're going to enjoy it. So let's dive into this phenomenal podcast. Welcome to the Bright Entrepreneur Podcast with Jamie Swanson, the podcast for smart, transformation-driven entrepreneurs who believe that we are brighter together and can make our greatest impact on the world by building a movement of crazy loyal customers around our business instead of trying to do it all alone. We'll talk about how to grow your business with intention, simplicity, and by focusing on creating a brighter future for both your customers and the world. So let's make it brighter. Molly has been a dear friend of mine for, gosh, how long, Molly? Ages? Like seven, eight, nine years? Yeah, like probably eight, I think. Forever? (laughs) (laughs) A very long time. And um, we have both grown businesses starting in the photography industry and then pivoting away. And she is just one of my dearest colleagues. And I'm so excited to excuse me, I am so excited to have her here today and to introduce her to you. So Molly, would you take a quick moment and share um, like super brief, like a little bit of your journey and where you are now and what you're doing now, just so people kind of have context of who you are? Sure. So hello, guys. (laughs) So yeah, I started out, let's see here, many years ago, I ended I dropped out of college, started a photography business with 81 cents to my name, was living with my grandma, low times, low times. (laughs) And I grew that photography business to multiple six figures. So other people started asking me how I was able to do that. And so I started doing a little bit of coaching And if you're doing coaching right now, you might relate to this. I felt like I kept repeating myself over and over. Um, So I thought, you know, what if I take the same information and put it into an online course? So I put it into an online course. And for the last six years, I had an online course for photographers, um, one of which we grew to $2 million a year. And then when the pandemic hit, um, I actually made the decision to pivot. And I can maybe share more on that later on in the episode, but um, now my, my one and sole focus business is called Profitable Courses. So I am a course expert and I help people just like you turn their passion into an online course. Yes. And you do such a good job of making things so clear and simple. You're such a good teacher. So, all right, Molly, um, what I really want to dive into right away in our conversation and just see where it takes us is talking about now that you've pivoted about a year ago, gosh, it's almost exactly a year. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. What month is it? March. It's yeah. Mar- so yeah what month like is- one-, <laughs> one month short of a year. <laughs> March 12th is the day that it hit me. Oh my God. What month is it? That's so like, yeah, I think pandemic. May, like April, I started to pivot and I think May was like the official start of the new year. Yeah. It felt like right away you knew, but, um, <laughs> since you've been through this pivot, I would love to, sh- um, just basically have a conversation about how you're building your business differently now and like how I've been building mine differently now than back when we started and how that mindset has changed for 
for you. So like, you want to, you want to start, like, how is your mindset different today than it was way back when you started? Wow. It's crazy. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is just almost like a calmness, a sureness and, and focus. Um, and I will say, you know, when you're starting your first business ever, I feel like you are going to go through a little bit of chaos just because you're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, and I feel like that was sort of my last business was just like Jamie actually, and I were talking about this a uh, different day. And she said, it's almost like you got your, um, masters in business with your last company. Mm-hmm. Like you got paid to grow that company, you know, because it was profitable. And, and that is how I feel about it. Um, now with a new company, it's so clear to me, like what we need to do to have success and to help our students. And it's just such a clear path. And so I don't feel that chaos in this business, but I do think that that is because of the journey I had before and what I learned in terms of trying all the things, like we tried all the things. (laughs) We absolutely did. And I think some of them we did together even sometimes. I feel like, yeah, we did. Yeah. Like one of us would have an idea. We would try it. Oh, this works. That works. Yeah. I feel like you tried a lot of different things as well. I think I tried everything. I've done quiz funnels. That's how I feel about it too. Webinars and evergreen and memberships, challenges, like um, tiny offer, you know, (laughs) mini everything. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done teleseminars. I think I came in just late enough to skip that. that I've been involved in many (laughs) telesummits. getting old here. Yeah, I was just re- I was reflecting on this cuz um 2 days ago as we're recording this was my 10 year anniversary of starting my online business. So um like bef- you know it was so different having a blog before Facebook lives and like you had to have a blog and know how to code like HTML and all. I mean, it was just, there was no video. Blogging honestly feels like a different lifetime. And yeah, like you'd have to code on the sidebar your opt-in and be like, you know, open all the CSS. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There was no place to host video and like, oh, it's image or IMG space source <laughs> equal. Yeah. <laughs> all the st- oh, I know all the stuff. It was, it's just crazy to think about business before, um, before it was so easy and yeah. at least in terms of technology, um, yeah. which it kept the barrier to entry higher than, and it was easier because there was less competition, but I think there's never been an easier time to start a business. So anyways, I'm getting off on a tangent, which is fun. These are conversations, but, um, so what is one thing I would love? Um, so you talked a little bit about the mindset you have this assurance and this confidence, uh, because you've done it, you've proved to yourself that you can do this. And so, you know, you can repeat it. And so as you're coming into like, you're, gosh, you're not quite a year into the new business yet. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference now with how you're growing your business versus back then when we were just throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what was sticking? Yeah, that really does describe what I did last time for sure. I'm going to say we a lot because my husband actually co-owns this new business with me. My last business, I started on my own and then he eventually joined it. Um, I'm super jealous that you have him him doing your ads and all the things employ my husband, but no, now we're co-owners. Um, which I would highly recommend. <laughs> it's better to have your husband as a co-owner than an employee, but anyways. <laughs> yes, um, been there with that dynamic too. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say the biggest thing is going into the new business with a strategy. So I know a lot of people think they need like a business 
plan. I don't necessarily think you need a business plan because I think that can sometimes be something where you're trying to fit a lot of things into a document to say like, I have a business plan, but rather you should have a clear plan. That's just simple. So for me, for example, with my last business, it was like, okay, I have this successful photography business. People want to learn it. I'm going to start a blog and then, oh, okay. Now people want to buy things from me. What do they want to buy from me? Okay. They want to buy a posing guide. Well, I should ask them what they want to buy next. Okay. What do you guys want to buy? Oh, you want to buy this thing. Okay, cool. I'm going to make that next. Whereas with this company, it's very clear. Like I came, you know, I, I just sat down and thought about who do I want to help? What's the one thing that's going to get them X results. And then, you know, I'm only going to have one product, <laughs> one business and what are the vehicles we're going to sell that product? So I would say the biggest shift is my last business was what products am I going to create for people to buy? And I would just keep creating new products and new ways to sell them and, and all the things. Um, whereas now I understand that one product is really a business, uh, just one product on in itself. So with the new company, it's like, okay, how can we take this one product and sell it in all these different ways to reach even more people and impact even more people while remaining calm, cool, collected, enjoying life <laughs> and not, you know, having a million different products, which is like running a million different businesses, basically. It is. And I think that's, I mean, this is why I was so excited to have you come because we both have made this shift as we've been restarting. Like, I don't want to have like a bajillion products and 150 blog posts and like all the stuff just for the sake of having the stuff. It's like, what is the one thing that's most aligned with who I am that I can just go deep and focus on and say no to everything else and just sell the one thing, just sell the one thing just sell the one thing and make it as easy as possible. And it's such a huge mindset shift from what I used to do before. I think, um, I don't know. I think I felt like I needed to be busier. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what? Um, so I proudly go to weekly therapy now <laughs> and I actually wrote down yesterday. Wait, what was it that you just said, Jamie? I need to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down that I was like, I was really burying myself in my work. It's really no different than any other addiction, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> that, that could be like a whole podcast topic in itself. But I was going to say in terms of the one product thing that you and I were just talking about, I also think that we could share about how like you, for example, you've picked podcasting to be like your one focus for, um, you know, I guess traffic or whatever you want to call it. Uh -huh. Would you say that that's accurate? Oh yeah. This is my only free content platform and everything else feeds this. So like I have emails, but they feed the pod, they send people to the podcast. It's not separate content. So yeah, totally podcasting. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out that it's like one business, one product, but also, you know, be, be strategic with the one thing that you're focusing on. Cause I see a lot of people trying to be on all the social platforms before they've even sold like one, one customer and it's just like a cycle that'll never end because you can't do all the channels 
perfectly by your, by yourself. <laughs> yeah. I call it FOMO marketing because mm-hmm. like they have this fear that they're missing out on these amazing clients that are on Instagram or Facebook or like podcasting. But there's people there. <laughs> right. And, and what if that's the place where everything blows up? And so people feel like they need to be everywhere because they've got this massive fear of missing out and that they're not going to find, like, they're just, you know, they just got to try and find the one thing that's going to work. The platform that will explode is the one that you focus on. Yes. Yes. You get it. That's right. Like, <laughs> because here's why because most people do that like shallow little bit of everything you know they're like well I got to do just enough Instagram and just enough this Mm -hmm. and they they do like the the five or ten percent that everyone does and they don't have the capacity to go deep in one of them and really learn it inside and out and if you would take all of that effort and go deep into one platform and it doesn't even really matter which one it is as long as your customers are there it really doesn't exactly I agree no. with you. It, yeah. yeah so like as long as they do that and they go deep they're gonna beat out like 90 percent of the people on the platform who are just doing like the bare minimum and mm-hmm. then they're gonna get way better results it doesn't it really doesn't matter which one it is no I told I totally agree with you like with this so with my last business I totally tried to do all the things at once and with this business, I started with one thing. I would say the one, one thing that I started with was Facebook groups. Uh-huh. That's the one that I just chose to start with. And then once I had mastered and automated that, um, then we went to Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we, you know, we have that outsourced and running. And to be fair, we have quite a bit of experience with Facebook ads. So it was, it, it's something that probably the first time you do it will take you years to get, but now that we've done it, you know, and then I hired a Pinterest agency. Then I hired an employee to do Instagram and other things. So it's like, totally. I didn't, I wasn't doing them myself. I like mastered one and then I would outsource or hire uh, to do the next thing. Can I, can I, can I tell why you can do that? Can I share? Yeah. You have like the most brilliant, beautiful, tight messaging of anyone I know. Oh, thank you. I don't you know even I mean? think I knew this. Well, no, but think about it. So can you tell people like why it's so easy for you to hand this off to other people? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think a lot of people think, well, what are they going to write or what's the voice or whatever? Like, Mm -hmm. like, do you, so I know your systems because you've shared them with (laughs) me. You want to talk a little bit about how you approach messaging so that you can do that? Yeah, actually, I'm so glad you brought this up because to be honest with you, so I actually kept a notebook while I was starting my new business because just like what just happened, I almost forgot that I went through (laughs) so many months of perfecting the messaging. You're right. Um, So it's like, yeah, I started with Facebook groups, but I also spent probably three or four months just perfecting the messaging and building like systems around the messaging. So, so yeah, one thing that I did was I created a document. I think it's just called like profitable courses, master messaging or something like that. Um, and it, it has in there, you know, it explains who is our ideal client. It explains what's our mission in one sentence. Um, so we help people turn their passion into an online course. Like that's our mission, super simple. And then I wrote down like, what are all of our customers' false beliefs? I think I have like over a hundred false beliefs, which is, you know, they, they would say something like, oh, I don't think I can do a course because I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have money. I don't have an idea. Like all those things are false beliefs. And then I just also thought I I wrote down um, all the other things that we would need for messaging. And then I also created a Trello board called, I think I called it my story vault or something like that. And I think this is the thing Jamie's remembering. Uh Uh (laughs) It's been a while since I made it, but we still use it, of course. So yeah, I came up with what are all of my different personal stories? What are the false beliefs and how can I tie those stories and false beliefs to create the messaging? 
Um, so like every social post, every email, everything, we use the story vault to sort of build that messaging. And then the cool thing is, you know, once you have a solid amount of, it doesn't matter what it is, let's just say you have a solid amount of podcasts, a solid amount of blog posts, a solid amount of emails, whatever that is, then anytime you bring on someone or outsource or hire, you know, you can just, they can repurpose the content that's you know, the messaging and that that's already exists, which that's a huge shift from my last business. I wrote a blog post every day for like five years or something (laughs) or every week, excuse me, but still. And it's like, I I got to the point where I'm like, I don't have anything left to say. And then I thought like, oh no, is that horrible? Like, does this mean my business is dead? And it's like, no, it just, you know, you should really, there's nothing wrong with repeating (laughs) because people are not hearing every single thing that you say on every single platform. So there's nothing wrong with repurposing. Yeah, no. And actually um, for me, I mean, I've followed Stu McLaren for several years now. It hit me, I think about two or two and a half years ago, I was at this workshop. I'm like, oh my goodness, I know Stu's messaging better than I know my own (laughs) because he repeats it over and Mm. over and over and over and over again. And he Mm. has this core messaging that if people hear this and they believe in this, like it's plenty, it's more than he needs and it will attract the right people. And that's Mm. all they need to want to do the tribe course. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is my messaging? Like, what is the core messaging? And I don't think there's not a lot of people talking about having like that messaging where it's the same Mm -hmm. stories that hit the same false beliefs so that people can actually believe it's possible for them and they can see themselves in your story and that you can, you know, you can write these out as big, long stories and then grab a tiny chunk of one for a Instagram post, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you don't have to use the whole thing all the time, but when you have that bank and you have all of those things very intentionally like selected, which is why I think it's so impressive. And it's, it's totally everything that I've been thinking about as I start over is like, what is the messaging? Messaging. What are the stories? (laughs) What are the things people need to hear? And how can I repeat them again and again and again in ways that may not sound like just repetition, but like in different contexts. So like maybe I'll share your story, Molly, and talk about focus. And then I'll share my friend Bree's story and talk about focus. You know, like you can use the same core messages Mm -hmm. with like trail running or whatever, and like tie that in. Yes. Phoebe is the queen of taking like what I would think (laughs) wouldn't be like cool enough to write about and making it just so interesting. <laughs> I feel like that's Thank like your you. total gift. That yeah, I, actually it's so funny because I was doing stairs yesterday. I tricked my brain into doing a bunch of stairs. <laughs> and I was like, this is a great actually shared it in my mastermind today, the group the Brighter Together Mastermind that I run. And um one of the guys in the mastermind, his name is Richard Ralston. And he has this like obvious next step thing where it's like when you're doing accountability and you're trying to get something done. You don't have to worry about all the things you have to do. Just figure out what is the obvious Mm. next step, like tiny itty bitty next step. So if I want to go for a run, the next step is like putting on my shoes or maybe finding my shoes or whatever it is. And so I, I, there's these stairs that I love to run and um, they've been icy. They haven't been ready. And I, I I shouldn't say that. I don't love running them. I don't run them. I, I climb them, but they allow me to run the trail. And so I do them because it's really good for me. And I went by them. I'm like, oh my gosh the snow is melted. They're clear. I'm like, I've got to do one set of stairs. It's 110. So I'm like, I have to do one flight of 110 stairs just to honor the staircase and that it's open. I love it. And so I did, so I went down and I, I kind of ran up it because I was only going to do one and I got to the top and I'm like, well, if I'm going to do one, like I should really do like five. Cause like, I, I should just do a few more. I mean, you need to really honor it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, I mean, 
I, I, I should do a couple more. Like it's good for me. It would be a good start to the year. And so I do five and I get to the top. I'm like, well, five's kind of wimpy. Like I could do a couple more. Like I did 65 at the height of last summer, which is insane. I'm like 65 sets, 65 sets of them. Yeah. What? It was like, Almost I'm like, five. I'm like 65 stairs. That's good. <laughs> 65 sets of 110 stairs. Wow, so you can do the math. It was insane. Um, but I, and it, so I'm like, five is not even 10% of that. Like I should do a couple more. I'm like, I should do eight. Why eight? No idea. So I did a couple more and I got to eight and I'm like, well, eight is really close to 10. I should just do 10. And I'm like, I'm like in my head of no, I'm doing this. And I, I do two more and then I get to 10 and I'm like, oh, but I'm at like 820 feet of elevation. I could get to a thousand by doing three more. And so then I did three more and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just did 13. And today, oh my gosh, my legs were like shaking by the end. Cause I'm so not in shape for that. And today I felt really sore, but I'm like, that's an example of like the stories that it's same mm-hmm. in business. You don't need to know all the steps. You don't even need to know exactly where you're going. Like maybe you kind of know, you just got to take that next step. So sorry. I just totally storied no, out something really ignore it. Boring. Cause I remember like a few, I don't remember how many years ago, but Jamie wrote this blog post that was like comparing business to a marathon. And, and I remember after I read, I think it was something about running. And yeah. I remember reading that and be, and just being like, so inspired that I, cause I was, you know, I feel like we always think our lives are too boring mm-hmm. to like write about. And that really inspired me to be like, oh, okay. So I can really turn any part of my daily life into sure. a learning lesson, you know, but as far as messaging, other than the vault thing, I think just really nailing our webinar messaging. So then when mm-hmm. we bring anyone onto the team, it's like, like, for example, we just hired someone to do Instagram and other social media, a full-time employee. And after five days, I would say he's about like 50 to 60% trained in, which That's is incredible. Amazing. Like I've not been able to do that in the past. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one of the ways was just have, he, he spent two full days just going through all of our messaging, taking our course, going through our webinar. And so, yeah, I mean, really it's funny. I remember when we started the new business, uh, a Facebook status I made was, in order to have a successful business, you need to like the most, what was it? The number one thing you need to conquer to have a successful business is your messaging. And there's so many comments of people being like, I disagree. It's ads or it's groups or it's this or it's that. And I think maybe they misunderstand what I was saying, because if you don't have messaging, you can't have ads. If you don't have messaging, you can't have a Facebook group. You can't have sales. You can't have anything. So it definitely is the first thing you need to really master. For sure. And you do such a good job of systematizing that, which does allow you then when you have gone deep in one platform to then be able to scale to others without it being you, because you've done the heavy lifting, you've done the hard work, and now you can hand that to your Pinterest people or to whoever Mm -hmm. and say, go to town, here it (laughs) is. And you know that it's going to attract the right people because that's the whole purpose of your messaging is to get the right people in the door to show them what's possible and then invite them to join your course creation stuff. So it's really, nobody talks about that. Do they? I I agree. People don't talk enough about messaging. Um, I did learn a I mean, you and I both have learned messaging over the years from a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I do agree. Like, so one of Jamie's mentors is Stu McLaren and one of my mentors is Russell Brunson. I feel like both of them talk pretty well about messaging as well, but yeah, I don't feel like it's talked about enough. 
Yeah. Or how to systematize it and really hand that off to people. Because like, I, I was like you, I always thought I had to have a new message for every blog post mm-hmm. and a new lesson and teach something different every single time. So I'm like, gosh, I'm going to run out of content. Actually, I did. I just stopped blogging. <laughs> you know what, Jamie, this is a really good example of this actually. So I'm just going to quickly talk about clubhouse. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether you think it's cool or not, th- I think this is a good lesson. So all my friends are telling me, you know, clubhouse, clubhouse. And Jamie, Jamie's like, you got to get on clubhouse. Right. And I fought it for so long. I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> I remember I'm, I'm the about, post <laughs> all about focus. I'm like, I don't want to be on clubhouse, but then we have this challenge coming up and my whole main job is to drive traffic. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just try this out. Right. So at first, so meeting who I am today, I was like, I'm going to track all my stats and really look at the numbers and see like, is clubhouse worth it? And you know, so I don't remember exactly, but my, I remember my very first clubhouse room, I ended up getting like 50 to 200 opt-ins for my challenge. It was insane. Like my first room, I'm like, wow. I mean, that would cost me, you know, like a thousand dollars in ads or whatever it was. Um, actually I'm really bad at math. So let's see, like 200. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, $1,600 in ads. Um, and I'm like, so, okay, but it was two hours of my time. I'm like, so that's like, okay, you know, let's, let's keep going with this. Right. Um, but the thing that I learned about clubhouse is I noticed a lot of my friends, uh, not Jamie, (laughs) other people are not recycling their messaging. So they'll do like a new room with a new title, new content, all this new stuff. Um, or like, let's say their core product is about one thing. I noticed they're talking on clubhouse about something completely different. And then they're coming to me and saying, you know, why am I not getting as many opt-ins as you or sales or whatever that is? And it's because um, I just repeat the same thing over and over and over on Clubhouse over and over and over. So like my, I'm not even kidding you. You can go right now. I mean, depending on when you watch this, but I have eight rooms scheduled. All of them have the exact same title, word for word, (laughs) the exact same description, word for word. And I just do Q and A and I repeat, I just, you know, people only ask the same, you know, 25 questions. So I'm really repeating myself and just driving people to that opt-in page and it works so crazy good. Like one hour equals about a hundred opt-ins right now for my challenge. That's amazing. Um, and I just think it's a good example of you don't need more than, you know, one solid message really. Well, and the beauty of that is that because Clubhouse isn't recorded, mm-hmm. you can do the same thing again and again and again, and people don't feel like it's repetitive and they, you know, if they miss it, it's not a big deal. It's new people with new questions. So it's not always the same. Uh, it's so smart. And you're really learning their limiting beliefs and their issues mm-hmm. because you're talking to a lot. Every question is like false belief, false belief. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm actually, that's one thing I want to start doing is um, weekly clubhouse rooms. I'm going to say it here. I haven't said it publicly yet, Molly, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, central time. I need to now schedule it and do it. And you can I'll do that because that. you have your podcast systemized and you're hiring someone to help you. Yeah. And I think I, <laughs> You know, and the crazy thing is I have gotten so many clubhouse followers without trying. I'm- Even, okay, little tip. If you just schedule a room, I, I had my eight rooms scheduled a month in advance. I was uh-huh. getting consistent followers without even having going live. That's amazing. I've gone from about 1500 <laughs> to 1992 right now. I've done very few rooms, very yeah. few rooms. Like, and it's, it's pretty cool. I'm excited about I think clubhouse. when I left last month, cause I, I only go on to promote my challenge. So it's been a month since I've been on and I jumped up over a thousand and I wasn't even on the platform. So yeah, 
So people what's, just your, find what's your you. handle on Clubhouse in case people want to find you? Oh yeah, let me check. Um, mine's, it is, mine's at Jamie Bright. Yours? Mine is at Molly, M-O-L-L-Y, Kaiser, K-E-Y-S-E-R. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes too, as long as I don't forget. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, so what you're doing is amazing. And I, I, I love... I remember when we were on there together at first, because you remember we started together a few things and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting this. And you were sharing your stats. And it, oh, it's Jamie, you re- she really, yeah, you really helped me because th- this is basically what happened. I'm like, okay, Jamie, I finally did it. I joined. What, what should I do? And you just like rattle off a bunch of tips and I just ran with it. And like, talking. I really still to this day, haven't really done much different. <laughs> But it's working. That's all that matters. And I did a podcast episode a few, uh, like back in January or December on Clubhouse. So if you guys want to hear the tips, you can go there and listen. So just go check that out. But yeah, but like I have love, love Clubhouse it. SOP. So just to tie that into the topic of this, uh-huh. like everything is like a focus and a system. So yeah. And re- can you, re- can you explain what an SOP is in case somebody's not? Yeah. Aware? So it's a, it, it stands for standard operating procedure, but that's just a fancy word, a few fancy words for it's a checklist yeah. <laughs> of like step-by-step step what you need to do. So like, you know, I'm, I made, once I, once I feel like I quote unquote mastered clubhouse for me, I made a checklist that way. It's like, okay, if I don't go on for a month and come back, I'll actually remember what I did to have success with that. Um, because if you're anything like me, you will forget immediately. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't even remember my kids' names half the time. So I need everything written down. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't totally even true. know it was March. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I like, I could even remember my clubhouse handle and it's just my first and last name. Like seriously. <laughs> We don't have to think about those things like that mental load, man, when you can let it that actually, that's a really good point too, is that the beauty of creating those processes is that you have less to keep in your head. Mm. And so you don't have to carry that because there's so many things we're thinking about and so many things we have to do in our businesses. And if you don't have the space to really think through things and have that clarity, if you've got all of these things weighing on your mind and you lay down in bed at night and you're thinking of your to-do list, like that's heavy. And Mm -hmm. so when you can create these SOPs and just like not have to worry about it and like hand them off to somebody else to do, like maybe you can't do that on Clubhouse yet. You could though, you could hire a student to run a room or a coach using it. Pretty much outsource everything except for the actual speaking. (laughs) Right. I mean, you could because you have these SOPs in place and that's just so powerful. And you just create them as you go. I have my team members, when we do something new, I have them create their own SOP. Like mm-hmm. I, you don't have to create all of them. You can have your people create them. So also another yeah, thing. They're good for everything Jamie just said. Plus when you're onboarding new people, plus if you ever want to create a course about a topic, you can literally just grab all your SOPs and include them in your program. Which people love. Yeah. Like my clubhouse SOP is like a bonus for when you join my program. So people love it. (laughs) Yes, for sure. No, that's wonderful. So, uh, no, I love that so much, man. Um, so Molly, is there any other mindsets? Actually, you know what I would like to talk about Mm -hmm. is, um, we said something before we started recording, you go ahead. You've got, I was just going to say, I do have a big mindset piece about hiring. Do you think that that's something that sure bring it, this is, we can go anywhere. This is like, (laughs) fun conversation people get to eavesdrop in so it yeah I'll explain it really quickly but basically with my last company I feel like a lot of my hiring decisions were based on 
so hmm, let me start over. So with my hiring, I actually had a mentor and I asked that person, how do I know when it's time to hire someone? And they said, hire where it hurts. And I thought, okay, well, that means, you know, if I'm feeling overwhelmed with something, I should make a list of those things and hire someone to fulfill those duties. And that's not necessarily horrible. However, I have learned that there's a better way to go about it. So when you're building a business, the whole point of the business is to make money, right? To make a profit. If you don't want to make a profit, then, you know, you shouldn't have a business. It should be a hobby or something else, a foundation, whatever that is, right? For someone else, whatever. Yeah. A business is to make profit. And so the mindset shift that I've really made recently is how can I, or where can I think of in my business, not where I'm busy, but where can I, where can I find the most leverage? So for example, this person we just hired, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really busy with Instagram. I'm not really busy with YouTube. I'm not busy with these things because we're not currently doing them because I don't have the time to do them. Right. But if I have someone doing these things and then I did the calculation, okay, if they can get X amount of opt-ins, um, I know that X percentage of those will convert into a sale. So that means this person needs to get X amount of opt-ins per month to double or triple their salary. Um, so then you just come up with, okay, what are their 30, 60, 90 day goals? As long as you're setting the correct goals with the correct measurements, then you can bring someone on even before you quote unquote, have the money for them because they will be paying for themselves. And if they don't pay for themselves, which you will know, because you will be tracking these things, then you let them go. And it's not emotional, it's business. And this is the big, this was a really hard lesson for me to learn. You know, I would bring people on and I just, I like to befriend people and, and, you know, I like to get really close with people. And then I would, and and it was really my fault. I wasn't measuring things correctly. And so I would ask my mentors, you know, well, how do I know if this person's doing a good job? How do I know if I should let them go? And now it's, it's clear, you know, you set number goals, not a goal of like make Instagram look pretty, but, you know, drive X amount of opt-ins from Instagram, which they would then convert into sales. And if they meet that goal, they remain an employee or they can move on up or whatever. And if not, then you'd let them go. So anyways, the mindset shift is thinking about hiring more in terms of the business and the, the logic and the stats behind it versus the emotion of like, where do I feel I need help? I actually don't even let myself say that anymore. I don't let myself say like, where do I feel we need help in the business? Where do I feel like the word feel for me in business? I just don't go there anymore because it's all about the stats. Um, and, and I know old me would be like, that's so boring, but business is about profit. <laughs> it is. And I know it's not that you're an unfeeling person by any means, yeah. um, but I, I'm actually, yeah, very feeling an emotional person, which I is know. why it's hard for me to, ch- to change to this, but yeah. <laughs> no, but you're so right. And, and you know how many leads they need to bring in to make money because you know, your statistics, you know, how many people are going to convert and they will know what success looks like. And if you know right. that number, when you're hiring them, they know the expectation up front. So if they don't think they can do it, if they're not qualified, they're not going to take the job because they're going to get fired mm-hmm. when they can't do it. So it's like you, it it's helps better you. for the employee. I can't imagine like, I mean, apology to any of my best employees that are listening to this, that had no <laughs> expectations, you know, um, we all start somewhere and we all have to learn those things, but it's like, yeah, I mean, you need those numbers and those boundaries for the employee and for yourself. Agreed. Yeah. For sure. And like, I'm currently hiring an assistant right now. And, um, for me, it was looking at 
you know, is this the highest use of my time? And it was identifying what are the key things that I need to have in place in my business to keep the momentum moving forward at a bare minimum? And am I actually doing them and doing them consistently? And frankly, the answer is no, because my life has been a little crazy. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to hire somebody to keep, these are the bare minimum things that need to happen. I want podcasts coming out at least once a week. Um, I want to be getting on as a guest on other people's podcasts is at a minimum on average once per week. And I want somebody to help me do that. And so I know if I do those things, everything else will continue to grow. And so that's literally how I designed this job like description was here. It's not a high level thing, but it's just keeping that consistency, keeping all of that. um, Like I need those drivers in my business because I know they will Mm -hmm. move me forward. So when you know that it makes hiring a lot easier and then we can measure that. So it's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Okay. So I have to share before we hit record. Well, we are probably recording, but (laughs) out of context. Um, (laughs) We talked about a question that we've both been asking ourselves lately. Um, What if it were simple? Tell me where has that come up for you and how has that been shaping Mm. what you're doing? So I know this is a lot about comparing then and now. So with my last business, um, I was very stressed out. I was not, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have time for myself. I realized though, that I just, I didn't have the right boundaries. I wasn't making that time for myself Mm. and things felt very, very hard pretty much all the time. Like (laughs) it was a lot. It was very chaotic, honestly. Um, with my new business, the, the whole purpose around my husband and I creating the strategy for this is it is for it to be simple is for us to have work boundaries and have a life and and remain calm and so far so good it's been really awesome um business by design (laughs) but anyways (laughs) no it is um so yeah I guess when I started the new business as soon as I started to feel any kind of stress or chaos or anything of any kind. I don't know exactly what helped me to ask this question. I'm probably assuming my amazing therapist has helped me to come realize this, but I remember I was just like panicking over something in the business. Like I normally would. And I stopped and I just asked myself in my head, you know, what if I just allowed this to be easy? Like, what if I'm the one that's you know, cause a business, it ultimately is a reflection of you. So I'm like, what if I'm the one creating all this chaos? What if I'm the one, um, you know, not allow, like not allowing myself to, to have space for myself or whatever that is, or bringing on this stress. Like, what if I just let this be easy and just see what happens? Um, because a lot of times, you know, if I don't meet a goal or when you're first starting your business, you don't know if something's going to work and I'll be like super nervous, like, will this work? Will this work? And it, it has allowed things to be easier. I have to say, um, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like if, if I heard this two years ago, I would be like, oh yeah, easy for you to say that's woo woo. It's not like a, something that you can, it's not like hard to implement that thing, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll help you. Maybe it won't, but just ask yourself, you know, what if you allow this to be easy and what if you just actually allow it to be, and then see what happens and go from there. Yeah. And I've been, I've been looking at my business and saying, what if it were simple? Like, do I real like, what if I don't want to be on Facebook? How can I make it simple and not be there? I'm like, oh, yeah. 
that would simplify. So I, you know, and it's fun, you know, I have to laugh that you went into Facebook groups as your first platform because (laughs) like I rocked, I mean, you've, you've been a group person for ages, but like I've rocked the snot out of Facebook groups and like, I love engaging in Facebook groups. And I know sometimes for you, that can be heavy. Like you do it great and you automate it. What's funny about the new business is it's not heavy for me anymore. We can talk about that more later, but yeah, that. I don't think I have time to get to everything, but I know like my tendency is to spend lots of time in Facebook groups because I enjoy it. And yours is not Uh, like on the surface. I know we can automate and I know it's not hard for you anymore because you've got it down. Um, And that would be a great podcast topic for sure. But um, I think it's hilarious. I have not done a Facebook group. I haven't actually even done a free community and I'm doing all of my community on the back end as part of my business. Whereas Mm -hmm. you are going more into community now, I think, than you did in the past on the front end in a beautiful way. And you've figured out your thing. And it's just, it's just very funny to to me to see kind of like the flip-flop of roles. And yeah, I think it just all depends on what your product is and who your people are. Like for you, a podcast makes so much sense. Um, for me, I I actually did try a podcast in the beginning because I've, I've done podcasts in the past with success, but it just didn't get the traction that I wanted. So I I tested it. And, and that's the beauty too, is you can test something and go all in on it and give yourself that time. And if it's for you, great. And if not, you can try something else. Totally. And really that question of what if it were easy, Like the idea of having to nurture a free community when I've been going through a lot of personal change didn't Mm. feel easy to me. It didn't feel light and it felt a little bit like a burden. And I said, okay, well, if it were easy, it would look different. And what might that look like? And, and even my marketing, I'm like, well, what if I, what if I don't want high volumes of traffic, but instead want high, like high traffic that has a high amount of trust. Like I don't need a lot quality. Yeah. yeah. High quality, perfect people. And, and the corollary to that is what if they sought me out instead of me making this massive, crazy, difficult effort Mm. to have to find each and every one. So that's the question I've been chewing on a lot. Like what would it take to attract the right people to me as opposed to like trying to convince or Mm -hmm. market them to me? Um, Which I know it's subtle. That's exactly why. So this question, same thing. I've been asking myself it a lot. And that's exactly why I actually decided to do a course specifically. It's going to be different for everyone, obviously, but like, for me, that's what I feel is like, quote unquote, easy, right? Like I've Mm -hmm. done high ticket sales. I've done all those different things. And just like you, you know, you don't want to feel that sales push. And like, I don't either, like who wants to spend all day convincing people that they should buy your thing. Like, you know, they should, you know, you should have good enough messaging or whatever that you need for people to see that they need it. And if not, you know, peace out because no one, no one wants to have that stress of like trying to convince people all day. Um, so yeah, that anyways, that's why I did a course because then I won't have to be, be doing that. It's like, people can get into my funnel and they can watch my program for free. And if they want more, they buy it. And if not, that's cool. You know? And then that, and also recently or about a month ago, I was like, Oh, what could our next second product, what could our second product be? What could our next product be? And I'm drawing a funnel and I'm just like, Oh, it's for the future, for the future, you know? And then I'm just like, Molly, what are you doing? Like, Uh if it's simple, if you want things simple, why do you want a second product? Like why? I know I can make the same amount of money with less effort, just focusing on this one thing. So I'm like, why am I doing this? And so, yeah, I think it's a really important question. Well, and I think sometimes 
for me, I feel a lot of worth from checking things off the busy list. Like Mm. when I'm busy, then I deserve the success that I've earned. Mm. Whereas, and this is a huge mindset shift that I've been leaning into. Um, I don't want to work more than 10 to 15 hours a week. And that means I don't want to create a job. I want to architect a business and bring other people in to be a part of it. Like I genuinely want to build the building for other people to occupy and run and manage and not like a physical building, but just that idea yeah. of that container. A virtual. I, yeah. I want, I want to be the visioneer. I want to be the leader, the inspirer. Yeah. Like I want to draw in the right people, um, but I don't want to do the stuff. It's kind of that whole book by Dan Sullivan, um, who, not how. And um, I, it's a huge shift for me because before it was, oh, look at that. It's a post that she's putting up on the screen on Zoom. It says, find the who, hold on, let me take a screenshot of this. I will post this in our little Telegram channel or on Instagram. That's fantastic. It says, find the who, not the how. Absolutely. And that's a huge shift for me is that I don't want to be doing it all myself anymore. I know that other, like it means letting go of control and it means letting go of the sense that I have to work hard for my money and I don't like to feel like I deserve it, which which is just baloney. It's crazy. I can so relate to that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if money was easy, it feels like you almost feel guilty about it. Like I used to from an employee mindset to a business owner mindset. Absolutely. It's taken me 10 freaking years to make that shift. 14. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But I'm finally there and I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I no longer feel guilty about hiring somebody to make my job easier. I used to feel bad me about, too, yeah, about like I used to, doing I things used for to me. message my employees and be like, what can I help you with? Like I work for them. Like, <laughs> I think it's two or from the Midwest. Like <laughs> probably I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to do this, even though I'm exactly. paying I'm you so sorry. This. I'm asking you questions today. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I genuinely felt guilty giving them tasks. I'm like, wait a minute. Yep. They want to be paid. They want to do something, you know, like they enjoy their work. They want to be working with me. Why do I keep doing their job for them and feeling bad and not really allowing them to shine? And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, there's just, we could go deep into all this mindset (laughs) stuff, but I think that might be a good place for us to kind of wrap up. Um, Molly, can you share where people can find you if they would like to hear more about what you're doing, or maybe they want to add a course into their business, whatever it is. Uh, how can they stalk you and find you? Yeah. So I would love to be friends. Um, I'm actually hosting a free five day course creation challenge. It starts March 22nd of 2021. So if you're listening to this before then you can go to profitablecourses.com slash challenge and Jamie, I'll have a link in the show notes. I'm sure. <laughs> and then, As long as you give it to me. <laughs> I know. As long as I remember to give it to her. And then if you're listening after that, um, we do the challenge, um, multiple times a year. So you can go to the link and sign up for the next one. So yeah, I'd love to see you there. And whether you want to be friends or check out what I'm doing or build a course, you know, I'm here for you. Yeah. And you can be friends with Molly, but not best friends because I claim yeah. that status. That's taken. <laughs> <That's taken. laughs> awesome, Molly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you are enjoying these conversations or there's someone that you think should definitely be on the podcast, I would love it if you would hop over to Instagram and drop me a DM at Jamie Bright Adventures. I wanted to start doing more of these conversations because I think there's so much knowledge to be learned. And frankly, 
it's just really fun for me to have conversations with people that I love and respect and get to introduce you to some of my favorite people in this space who are just crushing it and who are insanely brilliant. And I personally always kind of find it fun to listen in to conversations and see where they go. So um, let me know what you think about them. Really curious. I hope you're enjoying them as much as I'm enjoying recording them. And with that, my friend, don't ever forget that we are brighter together and the world needs us. So let's go out and make it brighter. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer. I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is getthepodcast.com. and have a great day. Thanks for listening.